0: That's heritageradio.network.org/15 to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Pop Menu. Learn more at popmenu.com/hrn.
2: This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. It's a butter egg made from plants. Bring more customers in your doors with Just Egg. Start with a free sample at ju.st slash hrn.
3: One of the messages we keep hearing this season is how the hospitality community came together to support one another. There are countless individuals and organizations that have generously donated meals and time to their communities in need throughout the pandemic. But how can you take this lesson of community and turn it into a sustainable business model for the hospitality industry?
1: Today, we welcome the team behind Daughter and Crown Heights Brooklyn to our show. Daughter is a soon-to-open cafe dedicated to community, sustainability, and conversations shared at the family table. They are currently running a coffee cart on weekends to help raise funds, and we have Sarah and Brian, who are two co-owners of Daughter, here with us today. Welcome to the show.
3: Welcome, guys.
1: Hi, thanks. Hey. Yeah, thanks for having us. So tell us, why don't you um, introduce yourselves and the concept? I know there's some other co-founders and co-owners who weren't able to join us today, so we'd love for our listeners to, to get a sense of your mission and who you who you all are.
4: Yeah. You want to start, Sarah?
1: Yeah, I'll start. Cool. Uh, I'm Sarah,
5: and I am one of the three co-owners of Daughter. Um, we, So we had this vision, and we're working towards opening a zero-waste uh, farm-to-table urban farm and cafe before the pandemic um, that has then since taken on a whole new life uh, given the changes in the world. And I guess what we are now is a community focused, um, space that is a cafe and a future wine bar, uh, -hmm. that is focused on creating a space that is malleable to the needs of our surrounding community in Crown Heights, uh,
1: and focused on giving back to the community. Got it. So I didn't realize, I I guess that you, um, had a had a pandemic pivot like so many other businesses we um, sure
4: did massive oh pandemic yeah. <laughs> <just>
3: pivot.
4: <laughs> yeah it was a big pivot
3: I mean we I had, think
4: I, we I was I loved our other idea and I you know maybe someday it'll evolve into it and grow in like a more like slow trajectory sustainable like route Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, we had some pretty big ideas and we were trying to get, um, we, we were in the running for this really big grant and we were really gonna try to do something huge. Um, Mm -hmm. we really, yeah, you know, we definitely, I, I remember we were, you know, we were trying to open this huge, like, yeah, farm to table restaurant, like mushroom growing operation, not psychedelics, but. (laughs) Have I, I, i'm not sure if i think the feds would shut us down for that one
5: mm. uh, you we, think yeah uh, yeah
4: so i mean you know i remember one day sarah and i were visiting this huge space and it it was so big like it yeah, was real estate. Probably like, like I don't know how many square feet that thing was. It was two floors. We were like, oh, we could have like an indoor farmers market upstairs, and then it have was a like eleven thousand
1: square feet or it something. Was it was massive.
4: ridiculous.
1: So walk us back to when when was this? Oh, that was when was that? Like that was last two thousand nineteen. That was the first oh, week of March? March.
5: Yeah, it was like two weeks before the pandemic that's when we <laughs> toured that spot it was so yeah so oh my soon gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: pandemic
1: years are uh, often longer it's, yeah it's crazy
3: when did the idea sort of shift and and what was the the impetus i know that obviously lots of things happened during the pandemic but was there like a specific turning point within yeah. crown heights or whatnot that you, you guys said you know what this is we need to turn it into something else
5: yeah. So, mm. I mean, an, an important thing to note is that we're just three baristas, you know, we're yeah. not money people. <laughs> we don't have like any sort of like funds that were like previously established that we had to pour into this. And so kind of when the pandemic hit, we were kind of like, all right, I'll talk to you guys in a couple months. <laughs>
2: like yeah. when we can see
5: each other and all three of, well, Brian, you were on unemployment, but Adam mm-hmm. and myself, uh, we're essential workers. Uh, we continue to work service industry jobs. I, you mm-hmm. know, worked, I've been working since last March. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, public facing service industry jobs. And so we kind of put things off just to like stay alive.
2: <laughs> true. Um,
5: and then um, when the protests of last summer kind of broke out, uh, yeah. we were all really heavily involved with that like on the ground level and we kind of reached out to each other and we're like, all right, it's time to get together and talk about how we can use our resources to create a sustainable model. It was kind of around the time when it seemed like some of the marching was kind of dwindling a little bit and, and like, maybe this, like, how do we turn this vision and this mission and this heart, uh, into something that is sustainable and lasting and Mm -hmm. provides structural or not structural, like systematic change, but, you know, from, from the grassroots change uh,
1: with the resources that we have, which is, you know, serving others and food. Mm -hmm. So what, so what came next? That's when you guys all came together and developed, you know, a new business model. I had the grant that you were up for um, pre pandemic. Did that, that went away or,
4: Yeah, basically it was, we were in like the third round for it. So we were pretty far along and then the pandemic hit and they just pretty much shifted what the grant was even for. Mm. So like they they definitely gave the grant money to like medical related and tech related things that would help with the pandemic was what they shifted towards. Um, So yeah, that was out of the question. Um, um, We ended up probably around... What do you think, Sarah? Like July or August was when we were talking. Um, I remember meeting in front of Drip Coffee in Brooklyn. Yeah, it was July. Yeah, it was probably July, and we, you know, we were like, you know, what? Maybe we could just do like community-focused events that are pop-up events. Um, So we had that idea for a bit, and then eventually, you know, we just thought, why don't we just like scale down our vision? You know, we can do what we know best, coffee, and then try to you know, just create a cafe that we've like wanted to see. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
4: you know, we, we all have a lot of experience in coffee. I think each of us probably have like six years plus each. Um, so, and we all met working together at a shop in Brooklyn, um, called Toby's estate at the time was what it was called. It's not partners, but, um, yeah, you know, so we really wanted to, um, yeah, simplify and scale down. And, you know, I think that's really helped us, um, being able to, you know, get to know the community a little more than we maybe would have if we had this massive thing that we, you know, ha- had to create in real time and get used to while simultaneously having all these ambitious goals. Yeah, This feels like a lot more manageable
1: focus. That's one of our like brand and business mottos is always focus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think everybody, I think entrepreneurs, you know, have these like huge <laughs> visions and then it comes down to, we got to focus. So um uh-huh. I think that's a very shared sentiment with a lot of people we've had on the show and us personally. So, so tell us a little bit about finding the space in crown Heights, why you narrowed in on that. And then let's talk about how you're financially getting there to open. Yeah. So,
5: um, Basically we had that model idea of just like hosting, you know, socially distanced uh, events that would showcase people's voices uh, up until the point that we found the location that we are currently in in Crown Heights. And it was like stars aligned. It was Mm -hmm. in just this perfect community centric area that still has like it's, it's original character in, in a sense. And, um, and and I believe it has the strongest neighborhood association in New York City, actually. Um, and kind do of, guys,
3: do you guys live but, in Crown Heights? Are you from Crown Heights? Or, no, uh, I live that. right on
5: the Bed Stuy side of things.
3: Yeah, um, I'm in Bushwick so, on the Bed
4: border.
5: Yeah, and so when we had originally considered neighborhoods, we were looking for for neighborhoods that had less, maybe less foot traffic, because you know we weren't. Looking to open something that you know catered to tourists, although there's there are a lot of benefits to that. It's what we wanted was community investment and like lasting relationships that we could invest in, and so it narrowed our our kind of scope down to uh, Bed Stuy and Crown Heights, uh, mm-hmm. and then we were also considering Harlem because that's where Adam is from, uh, and so it would be kind of a return to home. And the reason that we decided against that is just because we knew that we needed to be, like, living very close to our space so that we mm-hmm. would be accessible to uh, our community on, like, the drop of a dime. You know, we could get there and we could be there. And it wasn't like we were uh, making money in a community and then uh, taking that money and spending it in a different community. Uh, we would be spending off the money that we make in the community so it, it goes back into kind of that economic system and promotes economic growth internally.
2: Yeah.
3: Tell us a little bit. You guys definitely have some exciting uh, ambitions as far as how you, you, how you tangibly get back to the community. Tell us about those and, and how you came up with those ideas. And um, then we'll get into some of the, um, you know, how those numbers work with uh, bottom line and the, very small margin hospitality industry
4: <laughs> yeah, um you know we've been um you know I think a lot a lot of cafes like we've seen um give give back during like you know pride month or black history or month or um you know just what and when there's any sort of uh, reason to give they'll they'll you know they'll find it and they'll give back, but I think we just decided we wanted from day one to just like try to focus a lot of time and energy on, um, finding local community organizations that we believe in and want to support us, you know, in whatever way we can, um, you know, you know, by having like 10, percent of our profits going to like a rotating mutual aid organization, um, is something where we've been doing, yeah, that's like what we're doing from day one. Um, and you know, it's like this month we have like, um, uh, you know, a Women's history month, like, um, like collective of different women owned businesses that donated some, uh, raffle prizes. And then we're having a raffle for where, you know, all those funds are donated as well. And, you know, we're just trying to, you know, find ways to build it into the infrastructure of how our business operates. Um, you know, we all thought it'd be easier. It, it's easier to start a certain way, and, you know, that just becomes the way it is instead of um, deciding you want to do that later. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's something we've been, um, yeah, really focusing on. Um, yeah.
3: And I saw the that one of your other ideas was the family meal hour during during the day that where you donate meals tell us a little bit about that
4: yeah do you want to take that sir
5: yeah absolutely so we are currently in the process of building out a program where every single day we will offer a designated amount of meals um just just to the community to anybody who needs them with no questions asked uh and that's taken a lot of different shapes i think the our most current model is is we're working on on partnering with an organization that has kind of the reach, uh, within communities in need of food. Um, because Mm. it's, you know, it's not enough to just like set up shop and say, we have food, like, come here. Like it's, you know, Instagram isn't necessarily how you reach communities that are experiencing, um, like food insecurity. Um, and, you know, if, if we don't have the the right, like, tactical measures in place, like, you know, the food just goes to waste and then we're kind of contributing to a problem mm-hmm. um, that we, yeah. you know, from the very beginning sought to, like, you know, not waste. But so right now, I mean, it's, it's very simple. We're coordinating a group of volunteer drivers um, to, you know, transport the food from our space to... Whichever organization that we end up pairing with, we're still kind of, um, in the shopping around process with, with that. And, um, these are just very simple ingredient, like hand cooked meals that we, we cook ourselves. So we're kind of, we operate from, from eight to four is our business hours, uh, our projected business hours for when we open. And then, um, after that we are, I mean, in the beginning it'll, it'll just be us cooking these meals, um, from you know four to whenever the pickup point is, likely five thirty ish. But eventually, we're we're working on right, setting up an infrastructure of, of volunteers to help with that program, um, and we're coordinating with you know our friends at you know, Clean Up Crown Heights or there's so many organizations that are um, like built for generating these volunteer forces and people genuinely, I think I, I think this is honestly a result of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, that people are seeking opportunities of being more involved in their communities. I think, yeah, it's one of the ways in which, um, the pandemic has worked to build these bigger communities and, and, and give people who live here, uh, sort of ownership over their communities. Um, because we're not living in a town that's as tourist centric as it used to be, um, because so it, it just in, can't be. It yeah. can't be. Yeah. And I mean, I think we've seen that so much, and in so far as like the businesses that have stayed alive versus the ones that you know suffered losses mm-hmm. financially and, and had to close down, it's it's like the ones that were neighborhood centric, um, mm-hmm. either you know are, are alive yeah. or thriving. Yeah. yeah. Because
1: it's very true. People mm-hmm. are
5: neighborhood bound, and people want to see, like people feel more agency over um like choosing what exists in their neighborhoods
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
5: which is how we got here in the first place because we are crowdfunded
4: Mm -hmm. exactly
1: right so i I do want to talk about that next and i you know i agree with you and i'm I'm glad to hear that you guys decided to partner with a um with an organization because i think that will be a more meaningful way to distribute the it's really challenging to get the word out to you know, people and say, come, you know, Yeah, exactly. meals available. So that's, <laughs> that was, sounds like a mm-hmm. nice, great evolution. Um, mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about what, do you have an opening date? Where, where are you in the process and tell us a little bit about that crowd raising and, and how you all are funding the, the business. Yeah. Brian, you want to take this one?
4: Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. So, you know, we, um, as far as like, yeah, I guess I'll go with opening dates. Um, So yeah, you know, I like build outs do and in New York specifically, like we had a lot of ideas of when it would be done. And, um, now I'm actually believe the timeline. (laughs) Um, I'm sure we I'm sure anyone who's opened a cafe can relate to that, but, um, yeah. So like what our plan is, we're going to do the cart for two more weekends. So we operate the car um, inside the space or outside, depending on whether how the weather and how nice it is. Um, so yeah, we do Wednesday through Sunday, eight to two. So we're going to do that for the next two weekends. Um, so April after April fourth, we'll stop the cart, and then we're going to um, just kind of like race to the finish, do all the build out stuff for about two two weeks, two and a half weeks, and then we're going to have a open launch party. The plan is that that would be um, Saturday and Sunday, so the twenty fourth and twenty fifth of April is when we would open that's um, soon exciting yeah it is yeah, thank you. yeah. These, these months just keep flying by i mean i'm looking at a calendar and i'm like oh april's almost, <laughs> almost
3: are you guys doing are you are you guys builders or are you? In oh, there we're definitely hammering not. and shit. Yeah, <laughs> no. okay. we're
4: not. We I've never worked construction.
1: Brian has not swung a hammer yet. He's like, no. I've, I've hammered
4: <laughs> <handered> some things. <laughs> I, I, I feel like my family. My family do all sorts of handy things. Like my dad's a mechanic. I have an uncle who's a carpenter, and I remember mm-hmm. like when I was younger assisting him on building some deck. Um, I don't know how much assisting I did. I, <laughs> I I I hope I helped more than I hurt, but I it's it's hard to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we're not contractors, so we you know our architect friend Chris, um, he did all the build out uh, design and architecture design, um, and he has a contractor that he knows and trusts, and we've really enjoyed working with him perfect
1: restaurant owners know it can be almost impossible to keep everything up to date even making adjustments to the menu that's why i'm happy to introduce pop menu the restaurant tool to turn more first-time guests into regulars pop menu is a full digital solution for independent restaurant owners starting with a dynamic interactive menu that hooks your customers from the start and mobile friendly website design to automated marketing and integrations to build long-lasting relationships with your guests pop menu gives restaurateurs all the tools they need and puts the focus back on what matters most the people and the food i love when i am cruising a restaurant's website and you can actually see recommended dishes from the restaurants regular guests with like you know little hearts and thumbs up um which pop menu actually integrates into your website pretty cool so trust me if you're a restaurant owner you need pop menu to take your business to the next level for a limited time only get $100 off your first month plus you lock in one unchanging monthly rate go to popmenu.com/hrn that's $100 off your first month at slash hrn
2: This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. You can't have plant-based breakfast without a plant-based egg. Just Egg is now the fastest growing egg brand in the United States. Bring more plant-based customers into your doors with easy to use Just Egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st HRN. Made from plants, Just Egg is a better egg for you and for the planet. It's healthier with no cholesterol and less saturated fat, and it's more sustainable. Just Egg uses less water and generates fewer carbon emissions. Most importantly, it's delicious. For our listeners who operate a food service establishment, you can get a sample for free. Head to ju.st HRN. Just Egg makes a delicious plant-based addition to any menu. It's available as a liquid scramble, great for omelets, frittatas, stir fries, and French toast. There's also frozen pre-baked folded version that's ideal for filling breakfast sandwiches or topping salads. Chef Jose Andres called Just Egg mind blowing and Bon Appetit says, so good I feel guilty eating it. Put the fastest growing egg brand on your menu. Get a free sample of Just Egg for your restaurant at ju.st hrn.
1: tell us a little bit about how how you guys raised the funds to get the project off the ground.
4: Yeah, you know, like I can't believe we did it. You know, I guess like in when you have kickstarters, you you the obviously the goal is to raise all the money um but but you have yeah, to. <laughs> yeah like the, it's all or nothing you know and like we really believed in our you know our vision and what we were doing um but yeah you know we just i remember those weeks building up to it like just being like uh you know it's like we're you know we got to fil- film a video and just really get all of our um you know concepts and everything down on paper and articulated in a, a way that can resonate with people and you know we we just have a lot of friends from regulars who um, through all the coffee shops we've worked at over the years. Like, I think like really if it weren't for like the relationships we built in the cafes that we've worked over the years, I don't think we would have raised this money. Not at all. Uh, That was, that was the basis of all of it. And then, you know, we just lucked out and knew, knew the right people or friends of friends. Like, you know, were able to get us write-ups and features on like eater and, you know, and, and for me, Sprudge, I was like... I For coffee people, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, a nerd moment. I love Sprudge. I'm like, you know, it's like, <laughs> mom, I made it. But yeah. my mom would not... Yeah, my mom doesn't know what Sprudge is. So. My mom was like, what? Yeah, That's think... for me.
5: <laughs> Damn.
4: I also just said what? The
5: whole, <laughs> the whole Kickstarter process was just honestly, like, having a lot of humility. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, at that point, we just had no choice. We kind of took a big risk in signing a lease before <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> and so we were like, it's now or never. We just have to, we just have to go for it. And so it was a lot of just, you know, calling everyone we know saying like, Hey, this is, this is our vision. And this is how I think we can use, um, I guess like our privilege and the opportunities that we've had to give back. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? Like, and I mean, in uh, a lot of just like showing up, um, we during the entire Kickstarter process. So we, we were doing we do kick uh, pop ups now and we were we were also doing them in the fall during the Kickstarter process. It was just being present and saying yeah. hello to everyone who walked by mm-hmm. and introducing ourselves and going to block parties and yeah. uh just talking to the neighborhood and saying like I hope this is something you guys like want and you know, we're we're at your mercy because we don't wanna be a space here that's it's not wanted this is you know we're entering your communities and so mm-hmm. it was just a lot of tough conversations um and like luckily we had just like an overwhelming amount of support from the neighborhood um, yeah which has built like a really cool um infrastructure like we have regulars and we're not open yet it's you know, very officially. weird
4: to have regulars it's to a doing cart. these yeah exactly doing <laughs>
5: this car which the car is like it's it's you know we're it's pretty lackluster, honestly. It's
4: yeah just
5: opening entering a kind of an unmarked doorway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have people who show up every single time because they
1: like they're in on the mission, you know?
4: Yeah. Um,
1: well that's what you wanted. Community buy in. So is the cart and the carts and the current space.
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. We surf from the doorway. And you surf from the doorway. When did
3: you guys take the lease on the space? Oh, uh, when was it? Was, it? October.
4: Yeah. It
2: was yeah. in October.
3: It's been a bit. <laughs>
4: So yeah, we've been paying, we've been paying some rent. <laughs> mm.
5: Yeah. Out of our you know, barista <laughs>
1: wages, we've it's covered rent much. for the past. Yeah.
4: Yeah. But
1: so in, t- in the 50 K that you raised on Kickstarter, is that sufficient to fund the project and have, and have working capital or did you have to get additional outside investment? No outside investment. So it's it's been a couple
5: different things that have have funded the endeavor. The the Kickstarter covered so much of it, mm-hmm. uh, more than we could have hoped for. Um, mm-hmm. We've also just had um, pretty significant donations of equipment, yeah, um, which were kind of our our biggest you know cost factor. Was and, that like because
3: of the pandemic that people were closing up and donated or?
5: Um, no, I mean, we,
3: (laughs) from the companies themselves, yeah,
5: the companies themselves, like, um, like months and months ago, we were sitting down and we were like, you know, we have, we have really no pride to lose here. We might as well just write these companies and say, like, do you like our vision? Like, do you want to partner with us? And uh, we had an overwhelming, uh, amount of support from like yeah.
1: big companies in the coffee world um hey look if you don't ask you never know exactly and it was yeah. just like so i i think you know for- say
4: no or just not reply right. Right. yeah There's so we're not
5: building did. a cafe on pride you know we're building it no. on like, <laughs> like we are just baristas and we are just like trying to use like and it, it gives it gives an opportunity for these these companies that otherwise um i think don't have a lot of opportunities to like Mm -hmm. be connected because they're, they're all like remote companies. Um, So they're not on the ground as much as we are to, to invest in these projects that they support and they believe. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of that. And then um, honestly the cart for the past couple of months has uh, contributed a lot towards
1: us getting open yeah and tell us a little bit about once you're operating and and moving in and grooving after april the 25th is yeah. it will it be the three of you running the cafe most of the time or are you hiring a team how how is that factoring into the overall business model
5: yeah um we yeah. so we're definitely just the, the three of us and um our, our new kind of baking setup is that we're partnering with Cold Moon, which is a local uh, baking duo, well, cooking and baking, um, and ice cream. Yeah. But they, we've set up a deal with them where they provide our pastries and we give them access to our space so they can bake out of our space and they're awesome. They're sure. good friends of ours.
4: Yeah. And
5: they've been running this catering business for for a long time, just without a space, because real estate is expensive in New York.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and so it's kind of turned into a really great partnership. So, will you are you renting the space to them, or you're wholesale, or you're just going to wholesale their pastries, or they're selling them and you get a small cut? How does that relationship work? Yeah. So we're not
5: renting the space. Um, it's kind of. It's, it's just kind of like a partnership where we let them use our space and then they provide our pastries at like very reduced costs because a it. wholesale – basically coffee shops never make money back on pastries. Mm-hmm. It's very, very hard to make money back on wholesale pastries. Um, mm-hmm. Often coffee shops end up kind of taking a bit of a loss due to that. But it's kind of just a necessary thing to provide to mm-hmm. create a space that's worth visiting. Mm-hmm.
3: So they're paying you in cookies. It's
5: <laughs> yes. not a transaction that I they would are. pass on. sounds great. Cookies and friendship.
2: <laughs> and friendship. I love, it. Expertise.
4: I love it. Yeah, because, like, we're not, we're not bakers. Oh, my gosh, yeah, expertise. Like, I, I can cook, like, but I'm not – I can't cook for, like, more than just a few friends, you
3: know? Mm-hmm. Are there other partnerships like that that you guys have explored? I know that we had talked to someone else um, in an earlier episode that had partnered with uh, a local, like, florist plant designer that had, like, oh. basically given all – supplied all of their, their decor – Are there other things that you guys have explored like that as a way of building community, saving money? Hmm. Yeah, I
5: think we've, we've definitely, like, we've had some conversations about also we had a, we had another, um, like a, like a vintage furniture resale. That's very community oriented that like we personally just really like. Um, and, and we didn't end up going with those partnerships, uh, because just kind of the, our Our space is very particular, and so we needed to find a way to maximize it. so we ended up building up like an entire stoop in <laughs> the have you guys seen the space at all
3: only way you can sort of see on Instagram in the background but tell us about it
5: uh so it's kind of a a very unique uh layout we yeah. it's I mean, we're very fortunate to have it be, like, not very deep, but incredibly wide, which gives us a lot of sidewalk access and also just a lot of windows. So there's, there's a great natural light, but uh, it makes kind of normal table orientations difficult. And so what we decided to do at, at the our, – our architect, Chris, he's he's incredible. And he came mm-hmm. up with this, like, incredibly unique design, uh, which both maximizes the space, um – Echoes architecture of like that's native to Crown Heights and um, creates kind of this both communal and private like a balance of com- community and privacy Uh basically just building this giant stoop, uh, yeah. because you know we're Brooklyn we're we're stoop kids we sit on our yeah. stoops we hang out that's like
4: that's stoop very that's not really the stoop
5: <laughs> that's the original community you know like yeah.
4: And it's like, I, I, guess like to visualize in your head, it's like, it's like, I, I like it to like a hybrid between a stoop and like the bleachers in your high school. <laughs> so like, um, but it, but it is kind of L shaped. So it's like, it, it covers like probably goes the length of half the space and then the width of one wall as well. Um, So yeah, it's really cool because there's like these um, there's these movable planters that are in the middle, so you can section off like areas. So like, let's say if we have table service for when we're like officially a wine bar and people sit inside um, again, (laughs) um, yeah, like you can kind of like change the width of like a section. Um, So yeah, I think it's going to be really fun for stuff like that, but also like you know I. I know we all have dreams of like having like, yeah, community events and like, you know, whether they're like, they could be talks from people in the neighborhood. Like I know there's um, this guy named Daryl, who's like a videographer and he's like, lives on this street um, called Virginia place. um, And he invited us to a block party last summer um, on his block. But, um, you know, he's a videographer and like, it'd be so fun to be able to like, you know, like show documentaries or like, you know, if there's like, I know there's, um, during like coffee expo and other coffee events in town, when there's always events around town, like we could host lectures, like small lectures. Um, you know, we could have like, we we've talked with like there. Well, I can't say who it is. There, there might be an artist who like a big artist who does like a secret show or you know, in the space, like it's, it can be like a really versatile space that has a lot of unique events there. And, and you know, that's something we really want to do.
1: Amazing. Well, I love that. Um, I love that description and I can't wait to see it come to life on April 25th, right? It 25th yeah. It'd be right. the, weekend. 25th. Yeah. the
4: weekend.
1: I yeah. Yeah. And we'll be the posting plan- all sorts of countdowns to that as well.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Cool. So let's, um, let's move on to a little lightning round. And tell us, um, these will be like quick one to two word answers. Um, they don't have to be, if you want to elaborate. So first one, most challenging moment to date.
5: <laughs> um, have been a lot, I think, uh, serving coffee in like 30 degree or less Uh-oh. like in 19 degree yeah. weather was just knowing that you had to do that to, <sighs> to make money, to stay open. Just 19 degrees outside Ugh. that was really challenging yeah how many gloves did you have to wear um two and i kept my hands on the boiling kettle the whole day yeah
4: <laughs> it was so cold and that was before we had heaters installed inside so like once we put up the the whether well, i don't know what they're called split stacks or whatever but um yeah once we put those in we started like doing it inside as well Um, But But what's crazier is people
5: came and they came. People, we had an audience in 19 degrees.
4: Yeah, it's just, it really, it was the balance of like, wow, I can't believe you're here. But also like, it's colder to make coffee than it is (laughs) to stand there. Like, you know, it's (laughs) like you're, you can't like have your hands in your pockets. Mm -hmm, Oh my God. It was so cold. We definitely upgraded our setup um, along the way. It's still pretty humble, though. It's just a cart. But at least we have heat inside. Work in progress.
3: Work in progress. Tell us, um, where does the name Daughter come from?
4: Do you feel like you're fast at that? I feel
3: like I'm not. Uh,
5: yeah, I think so. Okay, so when we were.
4: <laughs>
2: In I, five I, hours I am. Or <laughs>
5: okay, five minutes or less. Two minutes or less. One minute. Um. So when we were originally that farm to table concept, it was urban farm, mother nature. We were only going to be serving things that we grow. Everything was going to be a byproduct of the earth, kind of like how everyone is a byproduct of the earth or a daughter. And that just stuck. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's where that comes from.
4: Mm-hmm. I
5: like it.
1: Now you're a byproduct Probably. of your community. A yeah, your
5: exactly. Yeah. We're
1: born we're born of our community.
4: That's great. There we go. There go.
1: If you had to do it again, Kickstarter, yes or no? Yes.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. how else? <laughs> well, you I haven't paid all those uh, croissants <laughs> and coffees back yet, so maybe <laughs> we should yeah, have have six months.
1: Right, but that's a real thing. Are you nervous about, you know, you had, what, f- almost 500 backers? Are you nervous about people coming and having to fulfill –
3: yeah. How do you distribute how people are like, if those 500 people <laughs> show up on day one and like, yeah, coffee.
4: that's fair. I, you know, that, that's something I, you know, I've been thinking about a little bit and we'll have to talk about <laughs> I'm Like, how are we going to stagger all this? You know, Right. I wonder, cause like, you know, maybe everyone comes all at once, but maybe they don't. Um, you know, right, right now it's like, we have, like, we have, um, some of the incentives were for sweaters, um, and bagus and then jars of coffee. So right. the sweaters and bagus we have, um, and then we, we're going to be ordering the jars this week. And then, you know, yeah, that was something I'm thinking about. I'm like, okay, well, how, what if like, every, like, yeah, everyone might come and pick up their coffee all in the same time. But like, so it's like, you kind of have to order all that coffee, but what if they don't come all at the same time and then you have all this old coffee. So,
1: um, you Yeah, we had, um, so we had Kiwi um, and the folks from Love Nelly and oh, yeah. Uh, Baker, uh, yeah and okay. uh, drunk bankers on the show, and they did Kickstarter for Love Nelly, and we asked them a similar question. So hit them up on Instagram. They're also in, I think they're yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. In. Oh, really? Askham, no. yeah, Love Askham Nelly. Love okay. Nelly. Cool. Yep, They'll they were wonderful. Or go back and listen to that episode. But yeah. I think basically what they I think believe what they said is that people don't end up all coming to redeem or redeem at the same time so yeah staggered i mean that's the thing
4: it's like i you know the reality is like getting around in new york isn't easy (laughs) (laughs) and like that particular section of crown heights is like it's either very accessible and quick or not at all so like it all depends on what train you live off of so we'll see like how how fast everyone comes and grabs their stuff
3: Last um, <laughs> quick question: What kind of, What's your? Who's your coffee supplier? Uh, we're say.
1: using yeah, say coffee. right by, right by a, right right by by a, a heritage. heritage. Yeah, yeah,
3: they're no, generally. Yep. Oh, they've nice. been
5: awesome to work with. They're so Adam used to work for Say, and all of mm-hmm. us are longtime regulars at Say and friends. Yeah.
4: Have, have people, I, I was drinking say, say when it was so called lofted, and he was like, they were roasting out of their loft. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: but they
5: have been a great name so, for
3: in your loft. Yeah, it was a, it was <laughs> exactly. a name. Yeah, yeah. But they've been a,
5: incredibly supportive of us since before this was any sort of concept. They've yeah. given advice and help, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think the the main reason why we uh, are very committed to say is just their model of transparency is everything that we want to practice
1: with
4: our mm-hmm. staff one day. Yeah, for sure.
1: Full circle community. There you have it. (laughs) Cool. So besides shouting out that you all are opening, Daughter's opening April 25th, the weekend thereof, if you didn't hear it first, we also like to shout out other um, friends or people in the industry for opening soon. Uh, So, we did want to shout out our fellow HRN host Eli Sussman for opening Samisa and Rock Center yesterday. So that's a that's a big cool. one. Congrats to them. Um anybody come to mind for you all?
4: Who's opened like recently here?
1: I have yeah. a lot of like reopening. Hunky Dory
5: reopened last weekend. Yes. Yeah. They're great friends of ours. I went to I went and visited. It was awesome. So everyone should go by there.
4: Yeah, Hunky and, Dory is great. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, they've been open for a while, but I, I just all forever and always love Ursula. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. right uh, the they're cross. the
4: best.
5: So, yeah, oh, uh, Fiasco Wine. Fiasco Wine opened in Crown Heights this past weekend. I also oh, went and cool. visited them. They nice. are incredible. Um, so Rat. definitely Fiasco. Cool.
3: And I think that's it. So uh, tell us uh, where people can find you guys physically because you are a local store in Brooklyn. And then also where we can find you on the social.
4: Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we are located in Crown Heights in Brooklyn. Um, our I- address is 1090 St. John's Place. And, you know, our Instagram handle is daughter and and then our website is daughter dot
3: nyc. Cool. Uh, we are very excited to see you guys open and to have some coffee. Yeah. And if you're looking for us, you can follow us at we are opening soon, and at tillitnyc. NYC. Um, and I'll shout it out one more time. But we are always looking for um, new entrepreneurs that are coming up um, on opening or uh, are in the process of building. Or if you just have a friend or a colleague that is working on something and want to connect them with us, then send it on over to our DM again at We Are Opening Soon. Thanks, guys, for joining us, Sarah, Brian. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thanks thank so much for having us.
1: Opening Soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food Radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebookcom heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place, and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you.